Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton. The R's went down 1-0 in their final home game of the season to Nottingham Forest on Saturday and were left cursing another late penalty. This time going in our favour but Naki Wells seeing his efforts saved by Costel Pantillamon. We'll discuss that and look ahead to the final fixture of 2019-20, Sunday's trip to Hillsborough and Sheffield Wednesday. With next season set to focus on the youth more than ever before, we'll also catch up with under-23's boss Paul Hall, who has been working with the first team in recent weeks. It's all right here on The Loftcast. Since thanks very much for joining us on this, the final Loftcast of the 2018-19 season. Um, and sadly, we're, we're reflecting on what, what has been a, another defeat. It has been a, a, a disappointing season overall, like we've spoken about before. We had the disappointment at the start of the season with the four straight defeats. Then we had that brilliant spell, um, October time, going into the Christmas period. And then, unfortunately, the, the turn of the year brought a, a turn in results as well. And uh, it ended with a, a disappointing campaign overall at home. It was the, the final match of the season against Nottingham Forest, a 1-0 defeat. Just firstly, before we go into the detail of the game, what was your thoughts on the overall performance by QPR? Overall performance, I think it summed up quite a few of our performances where, you know, if you get the first goal or you take a chance, uh, you finish off a good move, I think the outcome, the overall outcome would be um, a, a lot, lot better. Um, but it went against us, another home defeat, you know, our home form... Certainly, if you look at the defeats, has been very good. Uh, used to be a fortress. We've got to get back to that. But uh, yeah, as I say, it's just fizzled out. I think me, like a lot of people, supporters in and around the club, be happy to get the season out of the way, draw a line, and let's see what the summer brings. Let's come back bigger, stronger, better, and uh, hopefully have a much better season overall next year. Yeah, it was very much like that. You, like you say, it did seem to sum up our, our season by and large. And you do wonder, had we got the first goal, it could have been a, a different day. That, that wasn't the case. We did have our chances. Abir Ezi had a, a good shot from the edge of the box. Well saved. But uh, to, to tell the full story, Joe Lumley pulled off an excellent save as well, didn't he, in, in the first half, uh, deflecting the ball onto the, the crossbar and picking up the pieces. Um, but you'd have to say Nottingham Forest goal when it came. It was a well-worked goal right through the, the, the centre of the defence. Yeah, it was probably in the first half the moment or the, or the one bit of real quality from either side. Um, you know, a couple of quick one-twos opened us up, cut through us like a knife through butter on the edge of the uh, edge of the box and a, and a good finish. So, um, so yeah, credit to Nottingham Forest. You know, they've been... They've been on a poor run of late. You know, they were with what they did in last summer. They would have been expected to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. They, they and they went, would have been, but for that recent run, they, yeah, were, they lost they were, four in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, that just killed them off, that, didn't that it? That killed them off. But that just shows you, Paul, the the nature of the championship because Forrest invested heavily at the start of last year. Was strongly fancied. You know, they get twenty six thousand people watching them every week. Big club, mm. steeped in history. But that, as we've seen, that doesn't guarantee anything. You've got to earn every point in this league. So, uh, so yeah, going back to the the goal from Forrest, that was that was the one bit of quality certainly in the first half. Um, and in the Tom Hemet had a, a shot well saved, and then late on we get the penalty, and it was a, for a, for a handball as the ball came into the box, and uh, Naki Wells. Took it, but unfortunately, it was a, another a penalty that went against us. Whether it's penalties wrongly 
awarded against us or penalties given to us that should be retaken or penalties like the one on Saturday given late on that were missed. We've been paying the penalty, it seems, for the second half of this season through penalties. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a strange one with penalties. You know, I can think of <clears throat> sort of four or five off the, you know, going back to the likes of Wigan, where I thought we should have had one and didn't. Yeah. Going back to the second game of the season, Sheffield United, where we got one against us, which I didn't think wasn't. You know, you look at Derby a couple of weeks ago. Mm. For me, wasn't. Bristol City away, wasn't. They all go against you. Um, having said that, we got one against West Brom, which I thought wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you, yeah, you get one Saturday, and I think... I hate the word deserve, because ultimately you do get what you deserve, but um, our performance <clears throat> on um, on Saturday, I thought, warranted a point at least. You know, if you look at Thomas Schott, great save from the goalkeeper, he's had a header straight at the goalkeeper. Naki steps up, misses the penalty, Matty Smith's had a header very late on, just flashes past the post. So we probably did enough on Saturday um, to get something from the game, and that was probably the disappointing thing. Um, yeah, frustrating. <clears throat> um, what are your thoughts on um, Mide Shadipo's performance played wide on the wing, a position you're familiar with, uh, and he, he seemed full of confidence, and as soon as he got the ball, his, his first thought, or his only thought, seemed to be getting at his fullback and, and asking questions of him. I like that with Mide. You know, he's really, really positive. As you say, his first thought is, can I, can I get at the fullback? Can I put him on the back foot? You know, I, I don't like to see wide players getting it and just play backwards or sideways or play safe, you know, where mm. I'd rather you, as a wide player, get your team up the pitch, get at, uh, get at defenders, force them to defend, whether you win a throw-in, a corner, or get past them and get in the cross. So for me, it was really, really good to see him. You know, he's, uh, I remember a couple of seasons ago, he played the first half against Leeds when we beat them 3-0. He was outstanding. Mm. Since then, you know, mainly due to horrendous injury yeah, problems. Yeah, he's had his injury trouble. But, you know, he's, he's, he's back and get a good summer and come back and can he be a part of what we've done uh, or what we're going to be doing next year and also a big season for bright say samuel too who again he's had to be hugely patient last season he, he didn't really get much game time and this season it was largely the case up until recent weeks but in recent weeks i think he started six of the final nine games thus far um, so he's he's been heavily involved and picked up the Daphne Biggs Young Player of the Year award as well. So certainly on the limited showing that the fans have seen of him, they've liked what they've seen a lot. Um, and again, he's someone who he seems full of confidence. And again, he, his first thought is running at his fullback and, and asking questions of his fullback. And I would imagine if you're a fullback up against the pace of someone <laughs> like Brian Say Samuel, you'd love him to just play it safe and go back. But he's got no intention of doing that, which is why I think fans like him so much. They know that when he gets the ball, He's going to do what he can to get them out of their seat. I think Bright over the last couple of months for me has been a real, a real positive in a, a disappointing period. Um, you know, he, when he's come into the side or whether he's come off the bench, I think he's he's looked really, really good. He's made an impact, and uh, delighted for him. You know, he's a he's a he's a nice kid, still learning his trade. Delightedly picks up that accolade from uh, from the fans. And you, and you're right. Next season for him, you know, one. If I was speaking to him now, get yourself away in the summer, get yourself a good rest. But can you come in next year, nail down the shirt? Can he become a regular week in, week out? That might not be the case, but can you, with your performances by the, the way you train? You know, I've seen big improvements in his game over recent months. He's getting stronger, so he's obviously doing his gym work as well, which will help. So uh, he could or he should be 
quite pleased individually in what's been a disappointing team season, but he should be he should be pleased with his progress and uh, yeah, he's done well. And he seems to understand his defensive duties as well. He he knows he's got pace and he uses that to track back as well. Um, he he seems. He seems more than happy to do his defensive duties. Well, he's going to have to. Uh, you know, uh, that's the brutal facts of it. Because as you're, you're playing wide, and here speaks one that I used to, I used to love the ball mm. and play with the ball. But you know, the, the defensive side of your game is just as important, if not more so important, because uh, you know what you want to do, you know what you're best at, and that side sometimes you've got to really work at it. And, Concentration's a big thing on that, you know, uh, he's obviously got the appetite to do it, but as he keeps learning, he'll get better and better and better, and uh, as I said, his all-round game, if you like, I think's come on. He excites me when I watch him, you know, when he picks up the ball, he's got pace, can't coach pace. You cannot coach pace, mm. you can coach how to use it and when to use it, but you actually can't give someone natural pace, so that's a big, big attribute. Um, so again, to me, I like the way initially in the game, his first thought is, can I race the fullback, test his pace? So that's what I used to do. I used to test someone's pace early on. Oh, he's quicker than me. Then I've got to think about, did I come inside him? Oh, he can handle that. Okay, did I cross early? So you kind of get close. You're constantly thinking about how to get the better of each and every opponent, because mm. they're all different. All opponents, just like all players, have got strengths and weaknesses. You've got to very quickly work that out within the the 90 minutes of your game, and you might have to wear someone down for 80 minutes until you get their upper hand, but um, now Bright will say Samuel, well done. Big future for him, I think. What would you, if you were to be coaching him or advising him, um, there's a lot of attributes to his game, if you would say, this is the area that I think you should work on, that you can improve, that'll help take your game to the next level. What aspect of his game is that? I think sometimes, when I look at him, sometimes when the transition of the football happens quite quickly, i.e. the opposition are breaking and we win it, he looks like sometimes he's a little bit on his heels or not expecting it, so that's, that's just probably game awareness and the more he plays he'll get that. But uh, you, know, you know his element of crossing, a bit like myself, he likes to play on the, on the left but predominantly right foot, so a little bit of work crossing with his left foot even though he does it and puts in some mm. good balls. But just. He's all around game, Paul, you know, and as I say, credit to him. Uh, I was at the training ground a few days ago and I see him after the, everyone had gone in, just doing a little bit of work on his own. So well done to him from that, you know, and uh, just keep working at your all round game, working your crossing, working taking people on, working your end product, because ultimately as a wide player, that's what you're going to be judged on. How many assists can you make? How many goals do you chip in with? So if there are little areas where he thinks he can improve, just half an hour after training, two, three times a week, not that you get tired from it. Just keep working, keep developing, keep improving, and you'll see the benefits. Great stuff. Um, obviously, the, the focus is going to be on the youth next season, um, more so than in, in recent years at, at QPR. Um, so there's a lot of expectation, pressure, but I dare say as well excitement for these younger players who know they've got a real chance of, of getting match minutes at QPR. Um, and Paul Hall who is involved with the under-23s. He's been at the club since 2013, so he's worked with the youth for a sustained period of time now. And in recent weeks, since uh, John Eustace took care to take a charge of first-team affairs, Paul Hall has actually been involved with the first-team in those recent weeks. So we caught up with him to get his thoughts, not only on the first-team, but also the development of youth.
Paulie, thanks very much for joining us uh, as we look ahead to the, the final game of the season. Obviously, now you're, you've been involved in recent weeks with the first team. Just firstly on that, how has that come about? It seemed to come about in terms of John Eustace taking over uh, caretaker managerial charge and, and you were part of his backroom team. Yeah, I mean, it was, like you say, when uh, uh, most clubs, I think it's happening now. I mean, it happened with a good friend of mine, Darren Moore, where the, the manager leaves the club and it's usually the 23's manager that will come along and just make sure that everything's okay. I think the decision was made that John was going to stay with with uh, Matt and they just asked me to come along and help with, with the fact that I know the club and I know how the club feels and, and, and works. I've been here for, for quite, quite a bit of time now. So it, would, it seemed only fitting that I went in there and, and, uh, and tried to help the cause and tried to help us survive and, and, and beat the drop. Yeah, well you, you've, uh, that, was, uh, that was achieved, thankfully. And you've been with the club five or six years now, working in the academy. So I suppose it also helped that there are a lot of familiar faces around the first team, which is testament to the, the work that you, the likes of yourself, Chris Ramsey and Andy Impey, Paul Furlong, etc., have done in that you go into the first team, having been here for five or six years with mm. the academy, and there are familiar faces in that dressing room. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's testament to the way how the club are thinking at the moment. I mean, we want to promote from within, uh, which means players as well as staff. And it just shows that everybody knows what these players are all about. You've got a, a, an atmosphere, the players will trust you because of your history with them. I mean, I've been with the current group of 23s now since they were 14. So, yeah, it's, it's good. We've got a lot of good work going on in the academy. There's a lot of good coaches, the people that you've mentioned. Uh, and and we, we are looking forward to trying to see if we can bring some of those young faces in and, and get them to help QPR get to where we want to be. And I'd imagine that continuity helps as well because you get to know the players when they're 14, 15, 16, the ones that need the carrot, the ones that, that need the stick. And I suppose that's a, an important part of their development, you knowing how to, to get the best out of them in those, those early stages. Yeah, definitely, because a lot of people, when it comes to personality, a lot of people revert back to type. And if you've known them since they were 13, you know what their type is. Mm. And so you know like you say, where to dangle the carrot and where to starve them and where to encourage them and where to give them a, um, a telling off. So we, we know what to expect with certain people and history can do that. I mean, sometimes a new voice can do that, but a lot of the time with these players, they need that helping hand. And when you go from 23s to first team, that's the biggest step you're ever going to make in football. It's, it's not from foundation to youth, it's from youth to professional boy to man. And that's really important thing to understand. How big is that step, 23s to first team? Massive. It's the biggest step that you're ever going to take. You've got to go from playing in the playground almost and, and learning how to play to now you're going into in there for real against men who are playing for mortgages, who have got kids, who have got reputations, who have been brought in with big egos. And now you've got to fit the kids that you've been in and known from 13 mm. into that man's atmosphere. It's almost like... Um, chucking them into the cauldron, into the into the into the frying pan. Is is that why you're, you're such an advocate of the the loan system, getting these players out on loan? Because you look at the, the players that are in our first team now: Abire, Joe Lumley, Darnell Furlong. Mm. They've all experienced loan spells, and we've got a multitude of players out on loan at this very moment. It is important because it's important to keep playing, but I feel it's important for those guys to to play at levels that are not our, of our own. Because if they can go and play at levels where people are really fighting, I mean, pressure in the first team here, of course, but there's real pressure at places like Stevenage where Ilias is. Mm. 
um, and where Paul Smith is. You know, it, there's, there's, that's real pressure because if they don't get it right, they're dropping out of the league and losing their professional status. So, so you, in terms of individual pressure on them, going, mm. going there, they're expected to, to do well, if you like. Yeah. And like you say, if they, if they don't, then it, it, mm. it puts a question mark on them. So that and, and individual them, pressure. And to make them look and think... I'm not, they're not as lucky down there, you know. I don't want to go to that level. I want to stay at the level that I'm at. And I'm realising some places that they go to, they have to wash their own kit and they have to feed themselves. And I mean, we're quite lucky here where we mm. don't have to do that. And it's about putting them out on loan and, and helping them to, to see other pictures. Also, it's about, a loan is not for everybody. So with some people, they could go out on loan and it'd be great. But some people can come up through the system and just play in the first team and hit the ground running. But more often than not, a loan is a very good option. Abir Ayezi, it's been his first full season with QPR. He went out on, on loan, obviously did brilliantly yeah. at Wickham. Um, how would you assess his first full season with Rangers? Um, a season of pain, I'd say, for him. Because what he's done is he's, he's come back into a game where the expectancy level is ridiculously high for him. And we all expect it because of his, his, his natural ability. And his football intelligence has to catch up with his natural ability and it's not there yet so we have to have a little bit of patience with Abire I know it's frustrating it's frustrating for everybody uh, I've worked with him probably more than anybody else mm. and uh, to see him not produce what I know that he can produce at times is, is quite frustrating and uh, it's about not putting too much pressure on him and understanding that Ibire, a happy Ibire, somebody that, that can be encouraged and, and waited for, we're going to get the much better player if we understand that it's going to take time for a prodigious talent like that to, to be able to really express himself because people are trying to come here and stop him from playing. Mm. And so when they're trying to do that, he needs to now figure out how to do that. Um, and he's figuring it out and he's going to get there. And I think a season of pain is what's needed for somebody like him because one day we all believe in him and then he's going to be the player that we want him to be. And for you, I suppose it's slightly different because you have been working with the first team in recent weeks, but take the recent period out of it. Are you still an ear for him? Do you continue to talk with him even though he's left the 23s, if you like, and gone yeah. into the first team fold? Yeah, I've not stopped. I've not stopped. <laughs> I don't stop talking to <laughs> you, any of them. You shock me. Yeah, um, I, because uh, he's, he's a, a, a really lovely soul as a person. Mm. He wants to do well. He, there's nothing more in his brain than wanting to do well. And we need to, when, when the, the, the situation was getting really high for him and he was playing really well and everybody was after him, it's important to keep his feet on the ground because that's what these young boys, they, they need. But he's a person that can keep his own feet on the ground. But yeah, continue to, to say things to him, continue to help him. He'll probably tell you that we're always talking um, just as much as the young lads because it's not, the development doesn't stop when they get to the first team which is what a lot of people think. They think there's going to be this switch where they can, even the players that are the most experienced in the first team will be able to develop somewhere. Um, and him more so than anybody. So it doesn't stop. So it's almost like an aftercare mm. that we give him. You know, look, this is the aftercare. This is what you need to do now. Don't stop. You know, keep expressing yourself. You know, keep learning how to shoot. Keep doing this and trying, just trying to keep his, his aims and his, uh, his goals in an honest place. And you talk about the step up from 23s to first team being huge. Another aspect that he and all players have to deal with as well is when things aren't going to plan, when aren't going well, facing that 
criticism and the expectation that, like you mentioned, Abira has got. But also, if he doesn't have a great game, which can happen to any player, facing the, the criticism that can come with that. And I suppose that's part and parcel of being a professional footballer. It doesn't make it easier. I mean, I, I think I'd will under, <laughs> under the, the, those sort of pressures. But that is something that you can only learn to deal with when you put in that situation and you know we're the R's and we always say we're the three R's we've got respect responsibility and resilience and that's one of the things that we focus on every single kid that comes out of our academy has to be resilient has to have one of the the, or all those three R's Mm. and Ibire has got so much resilience He's he's been turned away from so many different clubs because they haven't been able to switch him on we were able to switch him on and He's, he's not being able to produce that unless he was a resilient kid. So, yeah, he has to deal with it. But I always said to him, I rang him up one time and he said, it's not going so well. And I said, look, we wanted to be here. You actually mm. wanted to be here. We said, we agreed that this is where we wanted to be. So now it can't change because it's, things are getting slightly harder for you. Now we're, we're looking at our resilience. Just think of where you were 18 months ago, two years ago. You were actually looking at coming out of football altogether. Now that is tragedy and that I would consider that from my own point of view as a personal loss because mm-hmm. we can't lose somebody like him because uh, we've got to find a way of switching him on all the time and, and it's really important that that, that happens. Now it may, not, it may change from time to time um, but once we find it and once we can get him going he's the best player on the pitch no matter who's playing. So when Ibire plays, he can be, and that's why he's attracting the attention of so many people. But like I say, everybody has got a role in being patient with, with, with Ibire. And yeah, he's going to get, he's gonna, it doesn't matter who you are. If you don't play well, or if you don't do what people are expecting of you, you're going to get criticism. That's why you put yourself on a football pitch. But it's about having the resilience to get through it and then creating, a, um, proving the doubt is wrong and then making people love you again because he has got that about him and he can do it in this under the flick of a switch. Chris Ramsey has said that with the, the first team, the first team is all about the result, then the team performance and then the individual performance. Mm, yeah. And at 23 and throughout academy level, it's exactly the opposite. It's about the individual, then the team mm. and then lastly, the result. Mm. How important is it to have that philosophy. And I guess, again, from the outside looking in, they go, oh, the 23's had a bad result, the 18's have had a bad result. Mm. But to almost ignore the noise, if you like, because mm. it's that belief in that philosophy. Okay, so what we've done is we've gone from not producing anybody of any, of any great importance, I suppose. Or someone since, that's maintained a, yeah, a spell in the first thing. Since yeah. 1996, yeah. I think that's where the figures. And we were focused on winning, totally focused on winning. And then all of a sudden, we've had a stream of people come through, okay? Uh, and it's a heavy stream of people come through who have played in the first team and we've produced. So, yeah, results are important at times, but if you can control when you get, re- if you can control all of that, um, and yeah, if you used to go out and play on a Sunday and say, right, the 18s have got to win this game and we lose it, right? Fair enough, you're gonna be feeling bad because everybody wants to win. Mm. but you've got to understand or you've got to figure out what is a win in your eyes sometimes a win may be little Jake Frailing um, being able to get on the ball lots of times and play forward Um, it may be the goalkeeper winning a lot of his 1v1 situations which means that you might have to go 1v1 at the back 
we engineer games mm. so that a lot of people can get a lot of outcomes out of the game and a lot of practice in game environments. That might mean that you might lose some games. Um, can't do it at a first team level because you're losing games. It's about winning, yeah. yeah. But any other team apart from that can experiment. They can they can engineer their ways of getting the, the, the most out of situations. So we tell, sometimes we t we'll tell Alameda Shadipo to not come back, don't come back. Yeah, but in the first team he has to come back. Okay, that's fine. But in the 23s, we need him to practice what he's going to get into the team is practice his strength, which is getting past people, which is why you see the expert doing it on a match day, because then he's seen that picture a thousand yeah. times already. So it's about giving people that picture a thousand times. Joe Lumley, me and him had an argument. You wouldn't believe it. We had an argument after Millwall, right? Um, and it was about practicing. The first, the first team fixture? No, 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 no. This was in a, um, a thingy fixture, a 23s fixture. Right. Before we got into the first right. team, you know, why are we going 1v1 at the back and why don't we not practice set pieces and corners and something? And I said, listen, what you've got to understand in development football is I want you to be under that pressure. I want you to sort the, 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 um, the free kicks and the corners out. You do it. Because when you're on a first team pitch, I'm not going to be able to help you. You've got to sort that out. And if I put up the wrong set pieces and you're not comfortable with it, then you're not going to believe in it. But if you do it yourself, you look after your own house. And, it was, and he, he felt it was quite strange. But now you can see Joel changing things. Mm. And I said, when he was at Bristol Rovers, he said, the manager put it up and he said, he, I didn't quite like it. So I took somebody off the post and I put him in there. <laughs> and it was giving them the, the ability to be a man on the pitch and understand that whatever they do, they're accountable for it. And that's what we do in, in the 23. So you can engineer games and you can engineer. It's not all about winning. And like I said, we were winning. We were top of the league up until Christmas or the window opened and then we got players out on loan and then we play younger players and now we're finished seventh. So it's, it, we, we know that we were one of the best teams in the league with our 23s, but those boys out there needed, it's about the people, the people, what did they need as opposed to what does the, 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 my 23s need? Mm. You know, the ego, there's no ego in terms of trying to win and lose games. Um, the next crop, Who's the, the ones to look out for? There's obviously a lot of excitement around Elias Chair at the moment, mm. who's, who's gone to Stevenage, uh, scored six goals in 15 mm. games, and he, he's doing very, very well there. Yeah, he's, he's ridiculously good. Like, like I say, he, I like watching him play. I, I always say it. I say it to some of the guys. I mean, I, I actually say, I like watching you play. Um, and I think one coach said that to me, and it was such a great thing to hear that it gave me the encouragement because then... Instead of me saying express yourself or go out and do it, I just say, I really like watching you play, right? And it, it was almost like you're speaking to somebody in a different language, but they understand exactly what you mean. And Ilias is one of them. He's, a, he's another player who I'm not surprised at what he's doing. I'm not surprised at what he's doing. He can do that at any level. Um, he's an international footballer. He's got beautiful technique. He understands the game. He understands about spaces. Um, he knows when to exactly when to arrive, and like I say, in, in League Two, he's just producing, he's producing um, goals and, and assists, and I'm sure they'd want him back, but I'm not sure that I'd want to give him back no, because no. you know I, I think he can, he can do what he wants. He's like another Ribéry; he can do what he wants, and he can play what where he wants. Can, can they play in the same team? I would. Why not? You know, why not? I mean, people say that they can't, but 
I would say, why not? Because if that's the case, why are they in the same football club? You know, they, they, of course they can play in the same team. It's just getting them to understand how to play with each mm. other and getting everybody to understand how to, how, to, uh, how, to, how to work for those two. If you want those two to, to produce and to, to be the best, then we may have to work a little bit harder mm. to get them two to shine because we want them doing their best work. We want them working towards their strengths. And uh, if you can get Ipire and Ilias chair in the same team and they're on, my word, you, you got yourself a scary situation for somebody else. I mean, it's, yeah. you only have to look in training to see what they can do. Mm. But again, we have to be patient with those guys and we have to do the right things for those players in order for them to flourish. And just finally, I could talk to you all day on this, um, mm. just finally, it, it does seem in terms of the younger players coming through and it's an exciting time and mm. it's a, a big opportunity for them next season to, to really make their mark because like we we're saying it's probably going to be focusing more on, on youth at QPR than, than ever before certainly in recent years um, there's a like you said there's a role for, for everyone in this there's a role for the fans as well isn't there mm. because there are going to be good days there are going to be bad days mm. but mm. it's during those bad times that mm. they're going to really need that support more than ever so we've been fined a lot of money <laughs> everybody knows that and we've spent a lot of money um, and we find ourselves in a situation where We've managed to maintain status in this division, being fined all that money. Mm. And it's testament. I mean, some people say it's a bad season, but it's probably been a good season because we've managed to keep ourselves in the championship, blood some kids and get some kids out on loan. Um, Next season probably is going to be another season of pain again. So it's a season of pain for everybody because we want to be fighting for... um, for honours. You know, I remember the last time when my first seasons that I was here, we actually got to the Premier League and it was such a great feeling. It was, you know, West London, we were back again. But do we really want to go up and not be ready? Do we really want to m- make sure that we can get some kids and make sure that they're, they're fighting and we can get some exciting crop of young kids? You look at Swansea, um, Leeds, you look at Norwich they're bringing through their kids and they're being successful at it so it's important that we can get that kind of formula and we aim for what they've done it is possible um, but it is important for the fans to understand as well that we've got a young team and we're trying to produce players from West London and from London it's a difficult thing to do when you've got neighbours the sizes Mm. of Chelsea Tottenham Arsenal West Ham, um, Fulham, Brentford, you know, there's, there's loads of clubs who want the same things as us and we've got to be competitive in that area. Now, it is important for, our, for, for all of us to understand where we are at the moment. We've just been fined a lot of money and we're managing to find ourselves through it, wiggle way through that, that, uh, that murky water. And if we can do the same again next year but bring the kids through we might surprise ourselves um but it is about being patient it's about understanding that we didn't have anybody from 1996 all right everybody said we haven't produced anybody so that's what we wanted so sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for because now we're going to get it we have to understand what comes with that Mm. so let's all have a little bit of patience you know and let's all get success and go through the pain together because 
when you go through pain, we all know what success feels like. Yeah, but if you don't go through the pain and you just get success, then you just want success all the time. And the pain always feels that much worse, if that makes any sense. But um, yeah, I think we just all need to be one football club and, and be that football club who can say, this is where we were 18, you know, 18 months ago. I used to play for Portsmouth. I remember when they had no money, but they remember us for the times, the bad times, because they were, and now look, well, they went to the Premier League. Um, and it's important that we, we all understand where we are and they can be at Loftus Road, fans all around the world, they can be um, our 12th man and it's important for them to be our 12th man because when you've got your supporters on your side, understanding what's going on, then it's, mm. even when you get beat, you can't be beat, you know what I mean, because then we're all winners. Really interesting thoughts there from Paul Hall since, and particularly the aspect of going from 23s football to first team football, and it's a, a big step. Now, I'd like to ask you about how you found that step, but you can't actually answer that question because I think you made your debut when you were about 16, so you sort of uh, you, you were fast-tracked into first team <laughs> affairs, so you're, you're uh, absolutely useless to me in that element. But if we were, if you were to guess at how big that step is from youth football whether it be 18s 23s or in your case under 15s to up to first team how, how big a step is that for 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 these players that's oh, huge i think well we've done commentary on the 18s we've done commentary on the uh, the 23s many a time and you'll probably have heard me and certainly the listeners would have heard me talk about you know, the step up from 23s to first team, I call it proper football. And that's why youngsters, I encourage them and like to see them go out on loan when they're doing well in the 23s to go and get proper football where you're playing. Like a Berry goes down to Wickham. You know, like uh, Darnell goes out to Cambridge. Uh, like if Ilias is at Stevenage now. Go and play proper football regular where you're playing for real. You're playing for points. You're playing for jobs. You're playing for bonuses. You're playing in front of fans home and away who will either be for you or giving you a lot of stick. Mm. All due respect, the 23s, you don't get that. 23s and ultimately, it. an individual doesn't know how he's going to handle it until he's in that. Until you might he, think, I'll be fine, yeah, I'll yeah. be fine. No, I mean, you, I wouldn't. I'd be an absolute gibbering wreck. And they'll <laughs> hook me after five. But you won't know that until you're put in that environment. 100%. You, you, you know, you, you think you can cope with something. You, you go to somewhere... I won't mention any clubs, but you go and play in front of 15,000, 16,000 people who are snarling at you, yeah. who are saying all sorts of stuff to you as you're taking a corner yeah that's a mm. that's something new yeah nothing prepared you can't for that. recreate no, that you no. can't get mum and dad to stand no. outside <laughs> shouting at you as you take a corner certainly, in the garden certainly not, certainly not watch some <laughs> fans shout that's for sure um but yeah so you, you you can't recreate that people coaches can help people can tell you but until you're in the arena yeah you're never going to know so so there's a there's a big difference you're also playing with and against experienced pros whereas in the 23s you don't track a runner as a wide player your mate might let you away with that you don't track a runner in a first team that costs you a goal and possibly puts the manager's job on the line he's going to let you know mm -hmm. in no uncertain <laughs> terms those experienced players will let you know and know and whether it's on the pitch in the dressing room in the shower area or during the weekend training they will let you know so there's another element which people can say this is going to happen you're well prepared for that you're not mm. until you're doing it so 
and as I say, you're, you're playing against a hardened pro sometimes. Let's say you're a young centre forward. Let's say you're Remo goes down and plays at Warsaw. He's playing against someone who's played 450 games yeah. in the lower leagues. Knows this young whippersnapper's on the scene. Knows he's quick. He's not going to stand back. He's going to he's going to leave something on him a little bit. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't get that in the 23s as well. So there's aspects of, away from the technical side of football. There's so many more aspects of that stage from 23s, 18s, 23s, all the way up the first team where you are. I'll say it one more time: playing for real, playing proper football. Mm. But if you are one of those younger players, it's still very exciting that prospect for next season. Oh, it's fantastic! I used to some of the things I've flipped around. You know about what people used to say. Yeah, I used to, in a, in a strange sort of way, thrive on that. Mm. Uh, an old, experienced player kicking you. Sounds stupid. I used to thrive on that because. In a funny sort of way, you're saying, is that all you got? Mm. <laughs> is that the only way you're going to stop me? Uh, Etc. So you can turn that to an advantage, but you have to be mentally, mentally strong. First of all, from 23 to the first team to play and to play regularly, you need to be good enough. We've, we've got a lot of really good kids at this football club, and that's credit to, you know, further down the pyramid, Chris Ramsey, Andy, uh, Paul Furlong, um, Andy Impey and Paul Hill, certainly at the 23 sort of level and 18s level. They deserve a lot of credit for what they've done over recent seasons. So not many clubs, I don't think, of our standing could say, you know, we've had a dozen youngsters make their debut. People might come back at me and say, well, they're not all playing together. I know that. But you're not going to get eight or nine playing regular all at once. Mm. I think, and I'll stand to be corrected by the likes of Chris and Hawley and people like that, but I think if you're getting a couple of players from every age group on a regular basis, you're doing really, really well. You're not going to get eight and you're not going to get a revolving door situation where next year there's going to be a suddenly a nine or a ten. So the likes of Joe Lomley, a Barry Eze, Elias Chair, uh, to, to name three, Paul Smith will be coming back from uh, Akron and who mm. excited a lot of people, including myself. You know, He'll come back, hopefully he'll be a part of um, what happens next year. So I think there's a lot to look forward to and out of a difficult season this year, we might, through that uh, youth sort of, hopefully come back quite strong for the experience and uh, those youngsters are going to play a big part. I said something a few minutes ago, they have to be good enough. Well, they are good enough because we've seen it. You know, uh, we've seen it. What we need to see now is that potential that they've got fulfilled on a more consistent, regular basis rather than the odd five or six games then a dip. You know, but that's part of youth as well. Mm. You know, I've, I've been there. Now at 19 years old, I'm drifting out of the game because my performances have gone from such a level where everyone was raving about me to within a year, I knew in my own head, tell you what, if this doesn't change, I could drift out of the game. Four years later, I go on to play for England. That's the mm. fine margins of success, failure, making it and not. And uh, these, these youngsters are going to need all the encouragement they get, which they, they, they do get and will get um, from everyone within the club, but probably more importantly, or just as importantly, from outside the club. And I mean when I say outside the club, I mean our fans when they're playing, because they will make mistakes. They will have ups and downs. Hopefully, as they get older and more experienced, those mistakes will become fewer. Those inconsistent periods will become fewer, and that's the way you develop. So, uh, as I say, I wish everyone luck on the, on, the, on the youth sort of side as we move forward. Just finally on that, with regards to the fans, as, as a player, when you were younger and say you'd make those mistakes whether it be you try to take a player on or give the ball away or misplaced pass etc and if you hear from your fans keep going Andy keep going since 
What difference does that make to you in, in that moment? Do you, are you aware of it, mindful of it? Yeah, of course. And, and certainly when you when you when, when you play in uh, in front of lesser crowds, uh, you're aware you of it more. But, more yeah. but no, it, it's huge because if I'm a young player at 19, 20, and I'm trying my utmost. One, I'm trying my utmost because I'm trying to forge a career for myself. You know, I, I want to progress in the game like any youngster. Nothing worse, I think, when you hear your own fans start to grumble about how you're playing or what you're doing or your decision making. But as I say, that's I think that's been really good with Queen's Park Rangers and the fans, and I publicly say thanks to them for that because I think they can see the development of youngsters, mm. and I think their support for them over. The last few years has been, and absolute. you can sense it when a young player comes on. Like we had yeah. it recently, Lewis Walker. That, that sort of, yeah, that sort of warm feeling that is well Ryan, expressed towards Ryan, Ryan Manning uh, goes and take a corner the other day, and uh, I can hear the crowd, you know, giving him a, a huge big mm. clap and singing his name, you know, uh, and that can sometimes be. I wouldn't say the difference, but that can certainly be a real positive from the players, the youngsters, where they are now to where we want them to be and where they're going to go to and uh, as I say, there's certainly talent there, there's certainly ability there, just needs to be married all together but uh, yeah, credit to them, as I say, it's a big summer ahead and a big season for many of them next year where first and foremost can you cement yourself in the Queen's Park Rangers side on a regular basis, if you can and if you do, well you're doing well, then can you take your game on. Great stuff and just finally then a word on Sheffield Wednesday for the final game of the 2018-19 season. Now, they can't make the playoffs. Um, we thankfully can't go down. So do you expect youngsters to, to feature for QPR in this one? I mean, you have to say in recent weeks they, they have anyway. We see, it, we see it with Lewis Walker. We see it with Mido Shadipo. Um, I can see that extending and carrying it on at, at Hillsborough. I think John will, um, you know, three or four days beforehand, I think John will pick whatever side he feels can get a result at Sheffield Wednesday and that's what he should do you know let's finish because uh, it's been a dis disappointing second half of the season we come back to that let's, let's see if we can finish on a high let's go to a place where it's hard to play let's go to a place where huge fan base you know under Steve Bruce they've done extremely well um, there at Sheffield Wednesday's excitement levels and anticipation levels will have been raised since Steve's gone in yeah. for next year Yeah. so they'll want to finish strong so I don't think we can go in really really experimental let's go and put on a good show let's go and see if we can get a a win because they've been few and far between you know in, in in recent months let's see if we can finish on a high we'll take numbers up to to Sheffield who you know what because of an early kickoff many of our fans will go the night before and pay out good money mm. and travel and you know because of the train situations on Sundays might find it a little bit harder to get back so we or the team and the players and the, the that sort of side of the club they, they owe the fans that as well. And I don't think that's ever been in question, by the way, this year. I know we were disappointed and copped a bit of stick against Norwich, and quite rightly so. Norwich were really good. But our first half performance, I said, was on this uh, podcast was unacceptable. But I don't think anyone can aim that at the players this season. I think they've had a real go. Yeah, decisions gone against us. Bad luck, haven't been good enough on certain days. But... Um, I think the attitude of the players and playing for the shirt, which was instilled over a few years ago by Ollie and Birch, and you know that's continued. I think the fans see that. You see with the lap of honour on many, the the lap of honour after games where we've actually lost at home. Mm. You know, I look at the Birmingham game, good stand innovation. Yeah, you could could say, well, you shouldn't be four 0 there. No, we shouldn't. But that fight, that grit, that determination, 
um, is appreciated by the fans. That's all they want. So I'm going around this in a long, long way. Last game of the season, up at Sheffield Wednesday. What have I expect? I expect us to go and put on a performance, and I'm hoping that we can get a real positive result. Then we draw a line under the season, know where we're going next year, come back stronger and better. What are the uh, who are the players to watch from Sheffield Wednesday's point of view? Well, they've got a. If you look at if you look at the team, they've got a they've got a really good side. You know, uh, Stephen Fletcher, international as a as a striker. Lucas Jow can't even get in the side. He's got ten league goals. <laughs> you know, but I look at people like Adam Reach. I really I really like him as a player. Uh, Mateus plays wide. You know, they're they're going to be a threat. And under Steve, I think in his first eleven or twelve games, they went unbeaten. They've lost two out of the last six, but they're they're, they're still they're still a good side. They've still got potent strikers in, the, in their ranks so for us to get anything we're going to have to be at our best and uh, let's hope we are. Fingers crossed. Since thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast not only today but throughout this season we look forward to more of the same but hopefully reflecting on more wins than losses next season um, and thanks to all our listeners for joining us as well throughout the 2018-19 season. We'll be back in the lead up to next year. Thanks for your support.